Wow. All right. Let's get ready for this teaching on growth and growing through this horrendous uh, pandemic. And uh, this is our third week. But before we start, I just want to say a few words about the momentous event that took place earlier this week on Tuesday as it relates to Mr. Chauvin being found guilty of all three um, charges that was brought against him as it relates to Mr. George Floyd's murder trial. Listen, I went out on my back porch to do a Facebook reflection immediately after the verdict came out. And I found it to be uncharacteristically cold. It was in the 50s. As a matter of fact, here's a picture of me. I'm sitting out on the back porch trying to get set up. I got my coat on. It was cold. Can somebody say cold? (laughs) But while I was setting up, the sun broke through the clouds. And you might can see, I don't know what you can see, but the sun is actually shining on me while the temperature has not changed at all. And immediately I, I realized that's a fabulous metaphor. Then on the one hand, with Mr. Chauvin's conviction, uh, something shifted in America. We experienced uh, uh, a point of accountability as it relates to police brutality and African Americans that happened at a level that it had not heretofore happened. The sun broke through the clouds. It was a moment of hope. It was a moment of relief. But the temperature across the country has not yet changed. It's still frigid. It's still cold. There's still a lot of injustice that we've got to work through. And I thought, wow, what a great metaphor. The second thing I thought about was our young people who have been asking for the last couple of years as all this stuff has been just heaped upon us as it relates to police brutality and race and all of that. Where is God, they say. Where is God, they say. How come change is taking so long? And I couldn't help but remember the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who used to always say, human progress never rolls in on the wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men, I'm going to add, and women willing to be, watch this, co-workers with God. And without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally, the forces of social stagnations. I want you to pay attention, co-workers with God. So uh, when, when the sun came out the other day, it was a reminder that God has been with us all along, but God has also been present. He was present in those bystanders that were speaking up for Mr. Floyd and videoing the event that became a part of the former record of the trial. God was present uh, in, the, in the millions of people who marched all over the world calling for justice. I'm not talking about the looting. I'm not talking about the burning. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. That's not helpful at all. But I'm talking about the vast majority of those peaceful marches. God was present. He was present working in the prosecuting team. He was present in the police officers who courageously testified saying that Mr. Chauvin crossed the line and abused his power. In the most horrendous of ways, he was present in the defense attorney who was there to make sure that Mr. Chauvin got a fair trial. God was present. He's present in you and me as we co-labor with him in this work of justice. And then I had one more thought, guys, as we were thinking about and kind of catching our breath on that day. I thought about a lot of people saying, well, this is a victory for Mr. Floyd. This is a victory for maybe African-Americans, but it's a bigger victory than that. Listen, 
We get this here at NBCC because our church, you may not have met, been able to attend in person with us because you may be new uh, joining us online, but we're super diverse across race and ethnicity and class. You know, we, we, we stand together and we look like heaven's going to look when we're worshiping together, when our kids are uh, doing kids' ministry together, when we're doing communion. We're, we're living out life together in small groups. So we get this, right? Here's what Paul says. We get this. If one part, he's talking about the body of Christ, suffers, you know, an ethnicity or uh, one part, all of the parts suffers with it. And if one part of the body of Christ is honored, all of the parts are glad, rejoicing. So listen, uh, uh, we get it at, in, in, at, here at uh, NBCC that if African-Americans won, we all won. <laughs> and I hope that if you are part of the human race here in America, regardless of your race or your ethnicity or your political affiliation or whatever that stuff is, but if you, if, if, if you have a commitment to justice and the people being treated right, if you believe that everybody matters to God and so everybody ought to matter to everybody, then that means on Tuesday you won also. We won together. Let's hang in here together as we keep doing the work of God in the world. God, pour your spirit out on this teaching, but pour your spirit out in this moment of solidarity as we remind each other we're in this thing together, that uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, to every person, of every ethnicity, of every neighborhood. So bless us to be a part of co-laboring with you in this world. Now, help us to grow. We grew a little bit on Tuesday. Help us to keep growing through this teaching today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, guys. Uh, listen, let's turn our attention to our text. As I said, this is our third week of teaching this series that I'm calling Grow. The question is, who are you going to be when you come out on the other side of this pandemic? What kind of person are you going to be? I pray that you will find yourself in a season of growing. And we've been teaching about how to engage that growth. And we're looking at uh, some of the events that happened around the resurrection of Jesus. There's some, some great uh, uh, teaching moments for us. So let's look at our text today. Watch this. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 1. Here's how John records the event. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, and somebody shout while it was still dark, <laughs> Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Wow. Let me just, I, I, I want to say a word about this, and I'm going to come back to this a little later. When Mary Magdalene got there, it was dark. Can somebody say dark? Type that in the chat, dark. Jesus had already risen from the dead. That means that that was a miracle that took place. But it happened where? In the dark. <laughs> say that. Say, say, come on, come on, come on, come on. Type that chat. Say it happened in the dark. That, 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 that meant that prior to the resurrection, there was the expectation that Jesus brought into the dark that the resurrection would come because he had already told people that it would come. So you know what that meant? That was hope. Somebody say it in the dark. All right, keep that in the back part of your mind. We'll come back to it in just a, a little later. Now, if you've been following us over the course of the last three weeks, you know that uh, we've kind of built this teaching on the premise that one way to position yourself to grow is that you need to know how to dream again. Somebody shout dream again. Type that in the chat, dream again. 
But if you were with me last week, you probably got startled a little bit, especially if you knew me when I said to you, I don't feel like dreaming again. Now, I just want to say that that's a huge statement for somebody like me to, to say because dreaming big and audacious dreams has literally shaped my entire life. I mean, when I was a high school student, C-plus English student in a small town high school, I dreamt of winning first place in a national essay writing competition, and God did it. When I was in college as a scarred, disfigured kid showed up on my Grambling State University college campus, I dreamt of becoming student body president and the first student body president uh, to, to win a seat on the board of trustees managing all of the public colleges in the state of the university. I dreamt of it and God did it. And when uh, this special education kid, that's who I was when I was going through school. I, I was a special education kid for the first three years of my schooling and, 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 and just a step above for the next several years. Uh, but I dreamt of moving from special education to, to one day teaching at Harvard Divinity School and God did it. You see what I mean when I say that big audacious dreams have shaped my life. I, I, I dreamt of one day passing a large and, and diverse church that, that we could be active, changing the world, not just in deed, not just in word, but also in deed. And here I am, lead senior pastor of New Beginnings Community Church. God did it. So when I say that I don't feel like dreaming again, that's a big deal. So make sure, make sure you don't tell my wife, don't tell my kids, don't tell my elders, don't tell anybody on my staff. Just keep it between you and me. Will you just type in the chat? It's between you and me. It's between you and me. Just keep it. See, I don't feel like dreaming again. You know why? Because as I said last week, I've just been, I've just been pounded by so many traumas that has emerged in this, in this pandemic. I mean, I mean, I am spiritually exhausted. I am, I'm emotionally drained. I, I, I'm psychologically depleted as, 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 as I've dealt with all of the stuff around racial injustice and, and mass killing after mass killing after mass killing and, and death and sickness in my own family and, and me and my team and we're trying to engage and care for people who are suffering across our congregation. I'm just a little done. And if that's where you are, then you get why we need to be working through these weeks of saying, well, how do I move past the barriers that are standing between me and my ability to dream again? But on the other hand, if you're like, well, that's not exactly where I am. Like, I'm just super excited to dream again. Awesome. Then you need to lean in as well, because this teaching will accelerate uh, uh, your ability to move forward with the dreams that God has in your life. Now, last week I talked about the seed. You know, Jesus is the one who taught us about the seed last week. Watch this verse. Uh, uh, and and um, in teaching us about the seed, here's what Jesus said as he was predicting his death. He was trying to explain it. You remember this from last week? You were with us. Jesus says, for sure I tell you, unless a seed, somebody shout seed, falls into the ground and dies, <laughs> it will just be a seed. But if it dies, it will give much grain. And I told you last week that Jesus says, look, if you replicate him in his life, in your life, if you're, if you're serious about replicating his teaching, you, it'll change the perspective of how you look at your life and that all of us can declare together, thank God 
I'm going to say, come on, just say it out loud. Thank God. I'm going to say, you know what that means? That means that it doesn't matter how deep the hole is that this pandemic has thrown you in. It does not matter how much dirt covers you over. Because you are a seed, God has implanted in you the power to grow. Can somebody say grow? Type it in the chat. I can grow. No matter how deep the hole or how much dirt that's covering you. You know, I, I found a discovery that I'm a, a seed, a kind of fresh discovery. And so I, I'm not used to thinking about my life as a seed. So I decided to have a dialogue with the seed. Notice this seed here. I, I said, you know, my daughter said, it's better that I talk to a seed in a picture than just talking to myself because I'm usually walking around. Now, actually, I'm talking to God, but she thinks I'm talking to myself. But anyway, I had a dialogue with the seed because I'm trying to figure out. I don't even know what I should think about, how I should think. I'm still struggling through this pandemic. And now God says, I'm a seed. What's the norm for a seed? How do I sit, think for a seed? And so I had to talk to the seed. I said, Mr. C, can you, can you give me some advice about how to settle into this notion that I'm a seed living through a pandemic? And the, Mr. C says, oh, yeah, I can give you some advice. I said, I said because I, I got to talk to some people who I've been telling them that they are a seed. And, and some of them are saying, well, I, I'm glad to know I'm a seed, but it hadn't changed the context that I'm living in. And so Mr. Seed says, well, the first thing you need to do is tell them that it's okay to acknowledge your reality. Yes, as a matter of fact, acknowledge your reality. And then he says this, but expect. Come on, say it with me. Acknowledge your reality, but expect. You know, as I talk with the seed, you know, as I talk with the seed, put the seed up there. Let's show me that picture. As I talk with the seed, he, he told me some things. And I started finding some identification in the seed. The seed says, listen here, tell your people that one day somebody threw me in a hole and covered me over. And they walked away. And it feels, it feels to me like that person has forgotten me. And do you know that people pass by where I'm covered up every day and they don't even know that I'm there? I, I feel forgotten. I feel invisible. I feel isolated in this hole. He says, tell your people. I'm talking about the norm of being a seed. Come on. In the hole that the pandemic has thrown us in. He says, tell your people that, that in the hole where I am covered up by the dirt. He says, there's so much dirt on me that, that 24 hours a day, I feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed by unending pressure. He said, tell your people that, that in the hole that I'm in, that I'm surrounded by darkness 24-7. When the sun comes out, it's still dark where I am. When it turns night, it is still dark where I am. He says, tell your people that it is all right to acknowledge your reality. It's all right to acknowledge that you feel overlooked and isolated, that you feel like God has dropped you into this pandemic and totally forgotten about you. It's all right to acknowledge that, 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 that you feel overwhelmed all day long with unending pressure. It's all right for you to confess and be honest about the fact that you feel like you're surrounded by the darkness of grief and depression 24-7 and it doesn't feel like there's ever going to be an escape. Yes, Mr. C says, be honest about your feelings, but expect. 
expect what, Mr. C? What, 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 what do you mean when you say, uh, uh, but expect? He says, he says, acknowledge, next slide, acknowledge your reality, but expect to grow. You see, after all, God has made you a seed. And yes, 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 yes. You're in a hole. There's, there's unending pressure upon you. There's, there's the feeling of being ignored and forgotten and isolated. Yes, yes, yes. You are in a place where you're surrounded by the darkness of grief. But because he made you a seed, that becomes the environment that facilitates your growth. Tell somebody, say, God, I am a seed. You see, and the seed says, so if you just don't give up on God, if you just stay focused, come on, that, that, that God has placed within you like he's placed in every seed, come on, uh, uh, something that is dormant. But in the conditions that I have just described, as the external of the seed begins to die, that which is dormant comes to life. And if you just hang in there, come on now, there will come a day where there will be a flowering and a blooming where the sprout will produce. And, 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 and it will not just be you. You will produce a great harvest coming out of the pandemic. Tell somebody, I, 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 I'm looking to God to allow me to produce a great harvest because of the growth that I'm going to experience coming through the pandemic. Wow. Can somebody just say it again? Thank God. I'm a seed. Then the seed told me something else. He said, tell your people it's not only true that they are a seed and that they are going to grow. Tell them that while they're hid in the dark with the sand, the dirt over them, while they're in the hole, tell them that you're already growing. Tell them that like, like, like Jesus, come on now, in that tomb while it was still dark. Come on, in the sickness of the dark, that, that, that the miracle of new life started to happen in that dead body. Come on now, that, that, that the transformation, he says, it's the same thing that happens in a seed buried in the ground. That the miracle of new life begins to happen. And regardless to how you're feeling, come on now, there's some growth that's already taking place in you. The problem is for you and me, and it's understandable that the pain is so intense, the misery is so great, the darkness is so unending, the problem seems to be so un in unbearable that we are so focused on what's going on around us that we don't have any time to think about what's going on in us. And because we don't have time to think about what's going on in us. Come on, I'm slipping into my one point of this message. Because we have no time to think about what's going on in us. Watch. We don't see the growing that's taking place. Y'all ain't listening. Come on now. And, 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 and if I don't see it. I can't cooperate with it. And if I don't cooperate with the growing that's already taking place. The growing might become stagnated rather than be facilitated. So the seed says to tell you, here's the insight of the message. <laughs> this is really the, the, coming back to the teaching of Jesus. He says, tell you that what you need in order to unlock, 
in order to recognize what's already happening is you got to examine the interior of your life. Take a picture of that, right? Type that in the chat. I've got to examine the interior of my life. Now, I'm going to show you this in the text in just a minute, but let me just tell you a quick story. I told you last week that I was talking with a young man that I've known for years. I love that he's in the midst of full-blown addiction and it's, it's impacting his marriage and this and that and so forth and so on. And, and, and he said to me, I cannot change. And I said to him, stop talking about change. Start talking about growing. <laughs> so, so, so rather than saying, I can't change, I want you to say, I can grow. Remember that? And then I started to lay out to him how he was already growing. Uh, he, he says, I got 11 years of failure. I said, you've got 11 years of accumulated, accumulated experiences. He said, well, I don't know what you mean. And, and I went on to say, because of your accumulated experiences, you can see the gameplay of the enemy even before he initiates it. What are you talking about? Lean in. If you're an addict, you can lean in. You, you, the, you, you understand this insight. Just lean in. I, I said, listen. Listen. You've got 11 years of lying to yourself. And now you've got the data. And you know, in it, you know the lies that you regularly tell. And you know the end result never works. You got 11 years of accomplishment. Come on now. Your accumulated experience. I said, I said, you've got 11 years of accumulated experience. You can now recognize the addictive cycle. If, if, if you know anything about that, you know there's a cycle, right? There's a ritual. You, you know, you pick a fight with your spouse. You go from fighting with the spouse to, to being upset. Exiting the house. You start feeling bad about yourself. That becomes your reason for, for using. Come on. And then after you use, you get guilt and shame. That means you use again. And then finally you come out into another place of feeling guilt and shame and perhaps hopeless. And you start the cycle over. I said, but now you got 11 years of knowing what that ritual looks like. And because you can see it. <laughs> because you can see it. You can now cooperate with God wants to do through you. And you now have the capacity to do something different. You can make a different choice. You see, you're already growing, I said. You just didn't see it. So you couldn't cooperate. So because you missed it, come on. You're in danger of stagnating the growth that God has already started in the dark. Somebody ought to say, oh, praise God, praise God. All right, let's, let's, let's find this in the text. Let's go to the Psalm, the Psalms 139, 1 through 2. I'm, 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 I'm making my way back to the garden, y'all. Come on. But I want to stop by the Psalm, the Psalms 139. Listen to what he says. He says, oh, Lord, I'm talking about, he, he's talking about what it means to examine the interior of our lives. He starts off by saying, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart. And you know everything. Shout, God knows everything. That's what he's proclaiming about me. He says, you know when I sit down, you know when I stand up. Next verse. He says, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. When, even when they're far away. And then at the end of the psalm, right, at verse 23, 21 verses later, he says this. Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. But wait a moment. Didn't he say in verse one, oh, God, you have examined my heart. You know me. Come on. Now. So what does he mean when he says, search me, oh, God, here and know my heart? He must mean something a little different than what it appears. He says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. What must he mean? Because he's already affirmed that God already knows everything about him. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, God, take me on a tour with you as you lead me through self-examination. <laughs> he, said, he said, show me what you see in my heart that I don't see. He says, test me and show me what's beneath the anxieties that are in my life that I'm not aware of. Watch this. Didn't this make sense? Point out anything in me that offends you that I have not yet discovered. In other words, he's talking about the power of examining your interior life. You can be a seed all day long. Jesus says if the seed is not planted, if it does not die, it just remains a seed. But if it is planted, come on now. And with self-examination, that which is dormant will begin to come to life and you'll catch it and can cooperate with it. Somebody shout, examine the interior of my life. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. Well, let me just quote a couple of things for you. <laughs> Number one, do you know that Socrates says that the unexamined life is not worth living? Do you know that uh, that St. Augustine, that great African theologian from Hippo, declared in his prayer, Oh, God, let me know myself so that I may know you. Do you know that the great theologian ice cube <laughs> Do you, you you remember what he said right you remember he said you better check yourself somebody shout examine your life here it is examine your interior life that's what all that means slow down yeah i discovered that what i was saying well you know i don't feel like dreaming and 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 there was a voice said that's a good thing because in the pause Brother Hamilton, in the pause, P.H., don't try to rush to the next season of your life. You need to slow down and do some, in, some, some interior examination. All right, let me finish it up. Let's go back. Do you know, how, this, 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 is, this is how I know the psalmist was doing some interior examination. You got to go back a few more verses just before he says at the end of the psalm, search me. Here's, here, here's what he's saying. Just the verses leading in. Here's what he says. He says, oh, God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get, get out of my life, you murderers. That's how he's talking. <laughs> oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? That's him talking, y'all. Yes, he declares, I hate them with total Hatred. Come on now. Come on, those of you. This is why I always say you can never let injustice and racism turn you into a hater. Because the moment you become a hater, you become the same as the folk that you're despising. But watch this. He's dressing up his feelings in nice theological niceties. He's saying, God, I'm showing how I'm standing in solidarity with you by hating 
the folk who are acting hateful. These are your enemies. Watch this for your enemies are my enemies. And, 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 and it's all good and well, but evidently in the dark, y'all, God began to trouble his heart and says, this is a growth moment. You can't just use religious talk to justify your non-religious behavior. Come on now. You can't use good theology to justify hateful behavior. And God troubles. And so he finds himself praying a different prayer. Not God help me, not God heal me, not God save me, but God Take me on an examination tour because I'm discovering that that there's some stuff going on on the inside that I haven't taken time to explore. Search me, oh God. Come on now and show me me. Introduce me to what's happening, to the change that's going on or to the change that ought to be happening in my life. This is a text about examining the interior of your life. All right, how? That's what you want to know as we wrap this up. How? Come on, shout how. Very quickly, I'm going to give you, you got to have some questions. You got you to ask some questions. The first question, take a picture of this. The first question I want you to ask for yourself and process it. What am I learning about me as I live through this pandemic? As I live through this grief? As I struggle through this sickness? As I work to put my business back together that has fallen apart, what am I learning about me? What, what am I learning about my reactions? What, what am I learning about the reasons that I have concocted behind my reactions? Come on now. That's self-discovery. That's positioning yourself for God to help you to grow. Watch this. Here's the next one. Next slide. What's changing on the inside? That's the question you got to ask. What's dying the seeds. Jesus said some stuff got to die. What's dying about some of my desires? What's dying about some of my thoughts? What's dying about some of my vision for, for the future? Do you hear what I said last week? That there are some things that have to die in us before some greater things can come to life in us. Watch this. Come on. What's coming to life? Take a picture of this, y'all. Come on. What's coming to life? What are some new desires that are beginning to emerge? What are some new thought patterns that are beginning to poke their heads out uh, that I'm seeing some glimpses? What are some fresh visions that's beginning to emerge that, 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 that what's happening on the inside in the, in, in, in the middle of my misery, in the middle of my, of my pain? Come on now. There's some stuff dying, but there's some other stuff that's coming to life because I am, uh, God has made me a seed. And when you drop me in the hole, I act like all seeds. I, I start growing. Something is growing, y'all. Tell somebody something is growing. Whew. All right, let me get back to the text. I'm finished. Let's, start, let's finish up where I started. Early Sunday morning, the writer is recording. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away. If she got there when it was dark, as I said, it means that the miracle happened in the dark. If she got there in the dark, that means that the hope exploded in the dark. Y'all, come on, I got to finish this. Come on. Come on. I know that you are seed dropped in the hole. I, I know that you're covered. But, but, but Jesus says, come on, the good news of this text is that you can be confident 
that he will never leave you in the dark by yourself. That if he showed up in the, in the darkness of his tomb, he'll show up in the darkness of your tomb. But you just got to start examining the interior of your life so you can see the fingerprints of his power at work in the places that you have been missing. Y'all ain't listening. Come on. And then Jesus says, look, find me in the dark. Don't make me a guest. Let me be Lord. Put me in charge. Say, God, lead me and I'll lead you. And say, God, I need some power to tap into these new patterns. And Jesus says, I broke death wide open. I got all the power you need. Come on. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning of creation and the end. Come on. Tap into my power. Focus it on the right issue within and I'll give you what you need to live through what's going on without. Because after all, I made you a seed. And I'm going to facilitate in the middle of your pain a season of new growth. And somebody said, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh God. Oh God, just, just join me in this prayer. Oh God, we want to confess. We've been preoccupied, rightfully so, with all of the things going wrong that we haven't had the time to do the interior examination. But God, we're saying yes. If you will lead us, if you would help us, we're going to be courageous enough to ask some questions, to talk to some other people, maybe be a counselor or a pastor or a good friend. But first, we're going to talk with you as we work through these questions because what you've told us today is that while we do not recognize it, we don't have to wait to start growing. We already are growing. Help us to see it so we can cooperate in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen <laughs> and amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right, man. Make sure you get back here next week. And whatever you do, don't forget to share this. If you're in Facebook, go ahead and share this message. Go on and share it right now with your family and friends. And you can always share the link to our website. And I can't wait till next week. I'm going to talk about how to grow as we tackle moving the unmovable in our lives. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Are you ready to respond to this message? Hope in the darkness. Okay, here's how we do it. There's a connection card popping up in the Facebook chat right now. There's also a link to it on our website. And if you have the NBCC app, I just want to encourage you, go ahead and open it right now. You'll see the Sunday section there. And inside of the Sunday section, you'll see connection card. Tap on connection card and then tap on the link that says my next steps with Jesus. And there you'll find two opportunities to make a commitment right now. The first is an opportunity for you to say, I want to be Jesus follower, that I, I, I want him to lead me not just out of the dark. I want him to lead me into the destiny that he's decreed for my life. I want him to be Lord. I want him to be Savior. I want him to be Redeemer. Just go ahead and check that right now. Or maybe you're ready to return to your faith. Or maybe you just simply want some additional information. There's a box for you to check there. And then when it comes to the response to the message, I, I hope you can check it as an affirmation or just say it out loud with me right now as an affirmation. Here's the response. Can you say it with me? Here it go. Let's go. Let's say it again. Lord, I will trust you in the darkness. Say it one more time. Lord, I will trust you in the darkness. Make that your commitment. All right. Take out your phone camera and take a picture of this reflection question because I want you to process it. What does it mean for me to examine my interior life? 
Think about those questions I talked about earlier a few moments ago in the message. Okay, a couple of final things. First, if you want to know when we go live, just make sure you, you uh, click the notification bells uh, in the Facebook app uh, and also on the website. And don't forget to sign up to serve. If you want to serve, you can do it right now. There's a, cl- there's a link right here for you to click. And whatever you do, make sure you get back here next week. I'm going to talk about how to keep growing as we confront those things that appear to be unmovable in our lives. 